Hey guys, welcome to a special bonus episode of Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. Uh, I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. I took you and way too we're... long. <laughs> and uh, we're calling this special episode Quarantine Queries. Because we're taking your questions and we're discussing some Instagram posts and we're generally checking in with each other because quarantine is no fun. Yes, and uh, we have the time to do it because we are in quarantine, so we figured, uh, why not, right? There is nothing better to do right now, so... <laughs> except, for I... you, except for you and your Zoom meetings. Oh, fuck this fucking Zoom meetings. I can't. Like, is if it... you... Look, I... I uh, <laughs> words... <laughs> I can't deal with regular meetings that go on for more than, like, 45 minutes... Yeah, no, me neither. So, like, when you add in the fact that, like, everyone has to be, like, technically savvy and, like, <laughs> unfreeze their cameras and why isn't my microphone working? Like, I can't do I it. Know. It's like, it's too, it's too, it's too, it's, you're right, it, it's too much on a good day. If someone's like, oh, let's do it over Skype and no one knows how to work it or, and it's, it's just too much. Like, my mom just, <laughs> my mom just said that she's supposed to have, a Zoom meeting tomorrow with her physiotherapist. And she's like, oh, well, I'll just do it on the desktop. And I'm like, we don't have a webcam. She's like, well, what does that have? What does that matter? I'm like, if you want to have a video call, you need to have a camera. And I'm showing her on her phone. Like, when you do FaceTime, you're using this front camera here. And she's like, not really getting it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You, you can use my iPad and that's a, that's that, okay? Yeah, like, just set her up and leave the room. <laughs> like, she's like, like I, today my... yeah, I go, sorry. Okay, no, you, you tell your story. Oh, no, it's not, not a story, really. I've been working from home, and today my mom also decided to work from home. Oh, chaos, chaos. Because <laughs> I usually work in the kitchen because the internet's not great in my bedroom. Uh, yeah. But my mom was working in the kitchen today. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, it was just, it's it's a lot to navigate. Has your mom been working from home, like, most of the time or not? No, she still has to go in because it's a lot of, like, um, she balances accounts and she gets checks and, like, whatever. But every once in a while, like, I'd say once every two weeks or twice every two weeks, she'll stay home if she okay. can. But the majority of her work is done, like, at work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's a hard time to navigate everything. It's a hard time to keep your sanity. Um, you've said it before, like, introverts doesn't mean, like, we, we're loving this thing. <laughs> like, no, we like, still no. some places. <laughs> I think the general consensus we've reached is that, like, introverts just want to be able to social distance on their own terms and not because the government is, it's government mandated. Like, no, thank you. And even when Uh, we're social distancing, like, we still eventually have to go out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think. We still eventually, like, yeah, go, sorry. I think, um, I think, I think quarantine in general just has brought up, like, uh, you know, I'll I'll say like myths and or misconceptions surrounding introverts that like I thought we'd already dispelled in terms of like oh well they don't leave the house anywhere they don't talk to people it's like oh okay so the the this quarantine has proven that all of those you know misconceptions are still alive and well so thanks for that yeah and it's we had we've kind of had to prove all over again that like no no we like to leave the house just we like to do things by ourselves and we missed that so let's hurry up and uh get this over with you know yeah so that brings me to something that I wanted to talk about and Jeffrey was nice enough um to give me a couple of minutes to talk about it um oh, please. because we all the time you want. 
Um, but we've said it before because, like, this is kind of therapeutic for us. I don't know. Oh, you yeah. feel the same way? Free therapy. Um, right? Free therapy. <laughs> we get to talk to each other. We get, And we haven't spoken in a while, too. So, like, I feel like it's a good thing to, like, vent to you, too. Yes, um, because we're coming to you over Skype again because, uh, you know, social distancing kind of prevents us at this point from getting together and recording in person. So, yeah. We have not had we we haven't had we like we haven't had as much in person communication I guess because until like I, I don't I don't think we saw each other that much until we started doing this podcast so like you coming over or you know me coming to your house was kind of like a way to see each other in person regularly and now we kind of don't have that anymore so yeah it, we've it lost fits. that like all yes. together so <laughs> uh, it's not great. Um, but I wanted to talk about this um, quarantine, this COVID, this social, di- like all these words surrounding what's happening right now. The crisis. And, uh, the crisis. Let's put it that way, because it really is a crisis. Um, so I, I've, I've alluded to this before, and I've posted a bunch of things. Um, I'm an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to go into work because I work in a hospital. Um, like I'm not a healthcare hero because I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor, but I'm a coordinator, which means that like, I can't coordinate the floor for my house, you know? Um, and we've said it before, Debbie, which is Jeffrey's mom is a nurse. So she's obviously an essential worker. Um, so we have to go into work. And last night I was very, very angry, (laughs) um, because I spent all weekend under these hoods. If you guys saw them, these, um, our new work uniforms, I should call them. Um, just to give you like a little background into what that getup is, like I have to gown up, glove up, put on an N95 mask, which is super constricting, and I have to put on that hood and then a face shield on top of that. So um, it's very claustrophobic. Oh, yes. Um, Saturday, I hyperventilated in it. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't fun, but, you know, we make do. But I understand that these things are there to protect me, right? So I get it. We're making do. Everyone's coping. And I'm, like, in awe of the nurses and the doctors and everyone who has to wear that and still keep their spirits up. But last night I was upset because when I see idiots (laughs) protesting in the streets um, for their right to go back to work and to open up the economy and to stop social distancing, like, fuck you a little bit. I assume um, you're referring to the tweet of the the pictures and the video from the anti-lockdown protest in Denver. Yeah, so like I said, last night, yeah, last night I was very, very mad. Um, today I woke up and I was a little bit more just disappointed and I said, like, I'm going to calm down a little bit. But it's really insulting to people who, like, are on the front lines of this and have to go into work. For you guys to just, like, blatantly be ignoring everything um, and telling me you need to get a haircut and, um, you know, you want all work is essential. Like, no, I understand. I get it. But, like, the more you ignore guidelines, the longer this is going to go on for. Yeah. And, like, nurses and doctors, their mental health, it's, like, taking a hit right now. (laughs) You think? Um, Like, because for real, I I remember when this all first started, I was like, okay, well, if we just quarantine and we social distance, it's going to be okay. We're going to hit our peak. In Quebec, we were supposed to hit our peak on Saturday, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Um, So, like, at least in the beginning, I was like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I can see it. It's going to be okay. But the more you fucking morons do this shit, 
the longer it's going to last and yeah. the more um the more there's going to be a strain on not just like our mental health, but like our physical health, like our, our, our capacity to work, our willingness to go into the work. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm coming from a place of like, I don't want to be mad, but I'm mad. <laughs> um, you know, because I, I, I spend time with these nurses, like we don't wear this shit for fun. Like it's mm -hmm. very claustrophobic. We're doing it to protect you. And God forbid you guys should need a ventilator because you didn't listen or yeah. you guys need help because you didn't listen. Like yeah. just stay the fuck home. I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to allege that none of that, none of that is happening in Canada, but I think a lot no, of what it, we're it, seeing. It's bullshit that it's not happening in Canada. It's still happening yeah. in Canada. Maybe not oh. to the extent that it is in the States, but it's still happening in Canada. Yeah, I think like I think like the you know the like the viral social media posts that we see are from like extreme idiocy in the United States. Yeah. Like I said, the the anti lockdown protest in Denver, like that was a very like American bullshit kind of crap. <laughs> at, at least from but my I mean, perspective. It's not just happening in Denver, right? It's happening in Michigan and in Minnesota and in Massachusetts. Like it's happening. It's not just one little protest, and that's why I don't understand the the sheer I'm sorry, but stupidity. It is stupidity, like, and I think I think it has to do a lot with like the Republican government too, because absolutely. like my my dad and I were talking about it um, a few days ago, and he was saying how like in general the whole like the Republican attitude you know ha knows no bounds in terms of lots of things, but in terms of like how how they're gonna view um, you know people dying or people is like g getting sick from this crisis that like the way that republican like republican governments are going to see it as at least in the, at least in the US is that oh well you know let's say 10,000 people it's much more than 10,000 but let's say like 10,000 people die from this it's like mostly older people and oh, okay well who cares like they were older they're on their way out um let's just get rid of them now and make room for more people and in terms of like workers it's like okay well you know they died like let's get five thousand more it's like it's just this constant like system like this, system it's this thing that everyone's expendable yeah yeah and i think it's like, i'm not gonna say it's like only specific to the, like america like the u.s republican government but like it's very it is very specific to them in a way and like, yeah look we we're also talking about how like I'm, Canada is, is much more liberal in, like in that regard. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I think I just want to tell people like it's really hard because last night when you're saying this thing about like oh who cares if they die whatever last night when I was going on this like Twitter rampage, um, <laughs> somebody had posted that her her 51 year old brother just passed away. And, yeah. like, she's, like, imploring people to stay home. And this idiot commented on her post, like, well, everyone's going to die. It's just a matter of when and where. Stop being and dramatic. I, I'm sorry, but to me, like, that is a very American mindset. Like, that's a very, that, that to me is Americans. I don't want to insult anyone because we do have a lot of American listeners. But, like, <laughs> I don't understand this, this, this thing that it's all about you. Like, I, I know, know a lot of. I don't I don't know of another culture that's so like individualistic. I really don't. And so I just want to tell you guys like I got to work on Friday and there were four death certificates on my desk for me to deal with. Yeah. Like 
because I left Saturday, everyone was fine. Well, fine. Everyone was sick, but still stable. And fucking Sunday morning, there's four death certificates on my desk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you're if you're not taking this seriously, you're part of the problem. And it's just like, th- that's my time. Like, I don't want to go over this, but like, <laughs> I just, no, seriously, I just want people to be mindful of that. Like, go yeah. look at the picture he posted of the getup that I'm in. I can post a picture of my face after only two hours with an N95 mask on. I have bruises on my face um, from where the elastic is digging into it. Like, it's yeah. not a joke. <laughs> no. And okay. like I said, I, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I think only Americans are being this stupid because no, it's happening. It's happening everywhere. I just think that, like, in terms of like government response, obviously, I think Canada is leaps and bounds ahead of the United States. Absolutely. But at the same time, at the same time, people like my mom has said it a thousand times, and it's almost getting, it's getting ridiculous at this point. But it's true. Like you can't fix stupid, and I feel like. There's this this pandemic and this crisis is bringing out so much stupidity in people that it's unreal. And like my my solution, I think, for my own mental health selfishly has been to kind of just like, okay, we're turning this off now or like we're not watching the news anymore. Much to my parents chagrin because they get mad at me when I ask if we can't watch the news. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's, that's honestly, it's self-preservation at this point. Like you're taking care of yourself. I get it. Exactly. Because like, I'm sorry. uh, What? Like, I don't know if anybody is, like, glued to the news 24-7, but it's, like, I get if there's some kind of major development, it's good to to obviously watch the news. But, like, selfishly, again, if there's a major development, I'm obviously going to hear about it because everybody is talking about this. It affects the entire world. It's not like I'm going to miss anything. It's, like, I'm sorry. I would rather sit and watch Felicity from the 90s, as as I was talking about a while ago. I started watching that. I'd rather sit and watch Felicity than have to deal with the news all the time it's like i i I don't watch the news 24 7 when there's not a crisis so why would i want to watch the news 24 7 when there is i just doesn't make sense to me but like you said it's it's self-preservation yeah um and the last thing i'll say and then we can move on is like if you guys think that um your leaders are doing a good job fuck you also (laughs) because (laughs) <laughs> your your guy in the White House, this is something else that was really insulting to me as a Canadian, when he said that he doesn't want 3M to ship masks to Canada anymore. Um, fuck you, because every day there's hundreds of nurses that cross the border to go be nurses in the States. Okay? Yeah. So, like, we take care of you. Like, this is what I don't understand about the individualism. Like, why is it always about you? <laughs> yeah. Honest to God, no other culture that I've seen is like that, and it needs to stop during a global pandemic. Are you saying that, like, American culture is very individualistic in that way? Yes. Yes. I don't want to insult anyone. I'm I'm not general. Like, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not single. It's just, it's so frustrating to me. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Because, like, that's the cliche. That's the cliche, though, is that, like, Canadians are nice. You know, like, you see it all the time on, like, American sitcoms like I think there was a whole episode of 30 Rock where like they made fun of probably more than one but like in my head in my head it's like a show like 30 Rock stands out as a as a sitcom that like makes fun of how nice Canadians are but it's like yeah. w- to to like to the American individualistic culture were just what overly nice like no no that's how you should be like that's that's the no- that's what that, that should be the norm in my opinion like honestly but- this this thing about Canadians being super nice 
I think like Americans are just so not used to decency. Exactly. That we come off as super nice. Like I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think you you guys just have to like look at the situation maybe and and take a step back and see if what you're doing is helping or hurting. <laughs> um yeah. You know, like, I understand some people are struggling right now economically, um, but that doesn't mean you go out in the streets. It means that you no. demand more of your government because your government really should be taking care of you. You know, yeah. nurses shouldn't have to, like, risk their lives on two fronts because of you guys. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's whatever it. That's it is. Whatever, whatever it is, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Um, I really hope that you're all safe. Um. <laughs> I really hope that everyone's, you know, doing okay. Yes. Um, we're going to try to keep um, churning out content just <laughs> to keep you guys more safe and sane, I guess. Um, but know that you could always, like, drop us a line if you're not feeling well. <laughs> yes. And in conclusion, but also. But also. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Not well, bitch. I posted that because that, yeah, I was not doing well, bitch. <laughs> that he was a struggle. Anyways, um, so let's get to some of these questions. Should we get to some of these questions? Okay, I haven't seen any of them, so you'll be reading to you'll be reading them to me, and yeah, I'll be reading them to you. Okay. All right, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Some people are so cute. They like divided us up. <laughs> Meaning, like they have like questions for Jeffrey and questions for Lenny. Oh boy. Okay. Wait. Wait. How many questions did we get in total? Did we get a lot? Uh, we got a, a good amount. Okay. I want to count them right now. Don't make me count them. No. Don't, um, don't count. Should I start with the one that I accidentally deleted on Twitter? Yes, please. Like <laughs> accidentally deleting shit. Okay. Somebody wanted to know what we do for a living. Oh boy. Um. So I said it, I'm a coordinator at the hospital on a unit, and I'm also a medical librarian. And but I've been a public you, librarian. Yes. Um, shall you also tell them that you are awaiting a new position? Yes, I'm starting a new position soon, if this pandemic can stop. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I will eventually be moving from Montreal to Toronto. Um, we don't know when yet, but... Um, <laughs> Yes, to continue to be a medical librarian. But uh, yeah, very exciting. So I hope you're used to, or I hope you're either used to or getting used to hearing us over Skype because once she leaves Montreal, we'll, we'll be coming to you over Skype all the time. So all the time. Yes. Unless like on the rare occasion when I come back and we can do it in person. But, you know. <laughs> but it's still Jeff, fun. What do you do for a living? That's a loaded question, my friend. Uh, well, okay. Um, I'm I'm a university student, so I'm studying English literature. Um, I do hold a part-time position while as a student. Currently, I work at an organic food and health store, um, which is like in the mall, just like down the street from my house. The reason why I apply there is because I can walk there. Um, I think I think at another point. In this podcast, it was mentioned that I worked at a bakery, which I did last summer. Oh, yeah. And um, we don't talk about that anymore because it was just very, it was just very traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not traumatic in a bad way. It was just like the manager was crazy. It was traumatic and, in a bad way. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the manager was crazy, the customers were crazy. It was just crazy, and that's why I left. So, we'll leave it at that. Um, a question I usually get is, oh, well, what what do you plan to do with your degree? Oh, or what do you want to do? Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> once again, a loaded question, my friend. Um, but I'm aiming towards some kind of writing career, and uh, that's all I'll say about that. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I'm really glad I have a career. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember when I graduated university, I graduated as a history major, had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God that changed. That was just <laughs> a year of like, woe and misery. Oh my God. Okay. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, it says for Jeffrey, what would your dream date with Jess look like? Oh boy. Um, that's difficult um let me think I would have... yeah okay I'm gonna keep it PG-13 thank you very much um I'm thinking like some kind of like book swap or like kind like some kind of like bookish discussion like you know that like you know the the scene that we we were gushing over in season two where Rory calls her Rory calls him from her bedroom and he's like I'm glad you called because they wanted like they started talking about the book that she recommended. Yes. That to me, like that that whole dynamic to me would be like would be my would be my ideal situation with that character, I think. Hmm. What about him like just reading to you? Uh yes, I'll take that too. And stroking your hair lovingly. Uh also would not be opposed to that. I'm fine with that too. <laughs> Basically anything Anything you want to come up with, I'll probably say yes. So, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Um, Who's your favorite minor character? Um, Hmm. That's difficult. I think I mentioned the first time that I watched Gilmore Girls all the way through, like, all the little characters kind of pissed me off. But then only once I watched the show more times that I kind of, like, get the whole charming, lovable feel that they were going for. So, I have to say either, either like, that's a hard question. I want to say Miss <laughs> Chatty. Pat- I want to say Miss Chatty Patty, but I also like Babette, and I know some, and I know so many people who hate Babette. So I, I like, I kind of like her. I don't get that. I don't. I think the reason why I like Babette is because she reminds me of so many people in my family, like just like relatives who are just like so like warm Loud and, and crazy. Uh, yeah, loud and crazy, and will like hug and kiss you every chance they get. Like, that's she just reminds me of so many, so many relatives. Um, I think I'd have to say either Babette or Gypsy. Oh, Gypsy's a good one. I don't know why. I've, I've always found like Gypsy to be funny and sassy. That's true. She doesn't appear a lot, but she when she does, you're right. She's very um, quick. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say Kirk. Uh- <laughs> Honestly, like, you can't not like Kirk, but at the same yeah. time, it's just, <laughs> it's like, where does he rank in terms of, you know, likability? He's just kind of annoying, but annoying in an endearingly loving way, I guess. The thing is, you have to be in the mood for him. Yeah. Because there's times where it's like, like hey, Kirk, fuck off. Yeah, it's times where you're like, there's a crisis and Kirk is like trying to sell mailboxes and shit. And you're like, <laughs> like go the fuck away. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's for me, it's either Kirk or Michelle. Okay. 
I was kind of, I kind of, I would, I would kind of associate Michelle as like a main character, even though he's not, just because he's like he's in the main cast. But he's he's more of a he's more of a. So of is a, Kirk. Yeah, it's true. That's true. He's so he's but he's he's still more of a supporting character. As as we've discussed, I have like a love hate relationship with Michelle, so he wouldn't rank for me. But I I'm think not it's because, revisit that because no. yeah. <laughs> but I think and I think I said this the last time that we did revisit that it was. I think people have told me before that me and Michelle are just very similar. So <laughs> that's, and that's why I don't like any, but he, he, he's just kind of annoying. So what we, what we, we won't look under that rock because I'll just turn to an argument. So let's next question. We've, we've already had that argument by the way. Yes. Yes, we have. Um, we got a question asking us how we met. <laughs> Do you want to uh, field that one? I can do that one, yeah. Okay. Um, we met through Debbie, which is uh, Jeffrey's mom. Um, Debbie and I worked together, have worked together since 2014, I want to say. Like, late 2013, early 2014. Yeah. And um, we just started talking um, through Debbie because Debbie's like, oh, you read a lot. My son reads a lot. And then we started giving each other book suggestions and that turned into like book swapping. <laughs> and then yeah. we eventually met, figured out we were the same sarcastic person. <laughs> and um, it's been like six or seven years and we're still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember the first conversation we ever had over text? Uh, vaguely. It had if something I'm, to do with. Yeah, go ahead. If I'm not wrong, I think it was to because like we'd obviously be, I think we've been like writing like either cards back to each other like back and forth with like books like I give you a book you give me a book but we never actually like talked or yeah we like, never actually think. spoke we just like <laughs> I slipped a note into the book that I wanted to give him and then he gave me a book with a note yeah and then you got me a Tim Hortons gift card I think <laughs> yes yes I did and then um your mom gave me your number or like vice versa or something yeah because your mom's like, hey, I'm not hauling books anymore, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was the first conversation we had over text was to discuss the trailer for The Girl on the Train. Yes, I was going to say that. I, I was going to say either that or when we were discussing Tell the Wolves I'm Home. Oh, that's a, oh, I think, I think that, I think you're right. I think it was that. And I think then we just, then we discussed The Girl on the Train. I, th I think you're right. In any case was the beginning of a beautiful friendship yes yes it was um yeah and uh, now debbie just kind of puts up with me because you know <laughs> <laughs> and now you know why my mom tends to make little guest appearances on this podcast because eleni will come over and it's like hi i'm home and she's trying to be all quiet and then eleni will like invite her she's into the conversation so quiet She's not. She, I love she, how your mom's tiptoeing around the house with her cane, and she's like, "Hi." <laughs> We're like, "Deborah, we can still hear you." <laughs> yeah, I know. She can't. She can't be quiet for, for the life of her. So I don't care. I love it. God love. God love her. Ah, uh, so fun. Um, well, speaking of books, because we were discussing books, um, somebody asked us, "What are your top three books you would recommend everyone to read?" Okay. Well, tell the wolves I'm home from both of us. I think for right? both of us. Yeah. Um, you want to give a little bit of a synopsis of that? Yeah, I'll give a synopsis and why I love it so much. Um, first of all, I have like eight copies of that book and I just give them to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So the reason I love that book so much is that because even though it's like considered YA, I yeah. feel like anyone could read it and relate. Yeah. Um, and it's just so beautifully written. First of all, sobbing. Yeah. I've read it, I think, like three or four times and I always cry. Um, How can you so not? Sorry? How can you not? How can you not? Exactly. Um, so it's about the, uh, a young girl named June. Um, her uncle, who is also her godfather, um, dies of AIDS. And then um, her uncle's boyfriend kind of finds her and like this adventure begins. Yeah. And um, it's like at the height of the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. Um, and it's just so, so beautiful. I, I, I will never get tired of it. Ever. It's so, it's so, it's like, it's so beautiful, but it's so sad. Like, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that we're talking about this because I just, re- like, right as this whole COVID garbage was starting and starting to like ruin everybody's lives, um, I, I was actually rereading that book just because I was, I was, I was like in a stressed out place before this all happened. And so I was like, you know what, we're going to reread some old books to like calm us down right now. And, and then COVID-19 mm-hmm. happened. So like, you know, good luck staying calm. Um, but so I was rereading that and it was just, it was so hard. And there was at times where I'm like, why am I rereading this when it's like causing me so much like anguish and pain? And I'm like, but I couldn't stop because I like I, I had to finish like I had to finish rereading it because I yeah. just I, at one point I was like you know what I think I'm gonna read something else because this is just like too sad but then I I couldn't like I'm like I have to finish it now I couldn't I couldn't walk away it's just I think I think it's one of those books where like it, it brings up something like personal for each person who reads it mm-hmm. so like it's hard like I think I think if you know if any of you out there want to pick it up and read it I think you'll find that like it's depending on how you relate to it, it, it'll affect you differently. So. No, I think, think, yeah, I really think everyone could, could find beauty in it really. Like you're going to be a mess afterwards, but you're going to be happy you read it. Yeah. Didn't you say your sister-in-law didn't like it or couldn't get through it? My sister-in-law couldn't get through it because she felt the relationship between June and her uncle was weird. Okay. Well, and I was like, but you know, you know, young younger girls like always idolize male figures in their lives, and yeah. the same for like young boys with female figures in their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just, I was like, you have to push past that because it's definitely not what this is. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like that, like if, yeah, like you have to push past it because like it's, it's not, it, it's so much more than that, you know? Yeah. And it's also, like, my sister-in-law has a very, like, niche reading, um, like, likes and dislikes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I do feel like if she had given it a chance, she would have liked it. Um, I've also suggested it to her mom, who we always talk books with. But um, so far, everyone I've suggested it to, with the exception of my sister-in-law, has really, really loved it. Um, so, definitely recommend. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as for other books, um, I... I've read, ugh, I've been reading a lot of nonfiction lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just as I get older, I think it's just, I want to be more informed, I guess. Yeah, um, me too. So I recently read Chanel Miller's book. Chanel Miller was the um, victim, well, I shouldn't say victim. She was the survivor of the Brock Turner rape case, rape mm-hmm. thing. Um, so her memoir um, 
also fucking heartbreaking and very frustrating to read. But um, I don't know. It's like one of those books that you read and like you feel like you're a better person after reading it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just it's it's it, I don't know. Like it opens something up inside of you, and it's like there's a raw emotion that comes out, and mm-hmm. you can really feel her pain too. And I just want to give her a hug. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, she's really just an inspiration, I think, for everyone. Um, but yeah, also a very heartbreaking read. <laughs> Uh, that I haven't I haven't read it but that to me like what like the emotions you're describing kind of remind me of um reading the book by JC or the books there's there's two um by JC Dugard who was the kidnap survivor who was mm-hmm. like in for was like 18 years that she was in captivity yeah that was like it was like I would never read it again just because it was really it was like just extremely detailed but like you just you feel like so much like it's an overwhelming sense of like both love and I want to say either compassion or empathy for the fact that like she's still standing after all of that and it's like my mom like my mom also really also really interested in that story and so like every time that she's been on like a Diane Sawyer special or something we've always like watched it and or recorded it and watched it and it's just it's it's so like you can obviously tell there's there's things that she experienced that are always going to be with her but at the same time it's like you are still here despite all that which is like just amazing in itself you know yeah it's like it's just it's it's it, we're i think we're describing the same thing there's just this feeling of awe that yeah. these people like can can still go on like mm-hmm. after all this and it's just it's really beautiful and like hats off to them her memoir is called know my name um okay. because yeah she was she was anonymous at first and then her name leaked and you know it's just mm-hmm. it's 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 really really good and i mm-hmm. i definitely recommend it not if you're not not if you're not in a good place because it might bring <laughs> out some really raw emotion in you um but yeah i definitely recommend it uh to anyone what about you what another what's another one for you um honestly i was thinking of i was thinking of fangirl which i think is also a collective yes. a shared experience yeah. I said that very um, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, it's that's Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, who is mm-hmm. a a y well, a YA and I guess contemporary fiction author. Yeah. Um, I think if you're like in any fandom and are like under the age of twenty five, you, you've probably heard of Fangirl. It's just it's very the the love on the internet for it is very widespread. I I find. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to get? Uh, do you want to give us a synopsis of Fangirl? Oh, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I think we both relate with Fangirl because Cat, who is the um, protagonist, is very introverted and doesn't yeah. like new things and likes her routines. Um, so she writes fan fiction uh, about Simon and Baz, who is like this fictional Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Um, and she makes them gay. <laughs> which as you should listen we've all read that harry draco gay stuff okay oh yes okay come on yeah. <laughs> um yeah and it's just i i think more i relate because it's about coming out of your shell a little bit yeah um you know and asking for help when you need it and like opening up to other people mm-hmm. so i really love it i think it's great um it's probably one of the only YA books that I still want to read. 
Yeah. I think because I've I th- kind of outgrown it. I've yeah. outgrown white. I mean. Yes. I think I have too. I think I'm a little bit behind in terms of in terms of outgrowing YA, but you also you are also five years older than me, so let's put yeah. that in, let's put that into perspective. Yeah, um, I, I peaked earlier because I'm older. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, fangirl is the same kind of thing in terms of like coming out of your shell. I think the first time that I read it, I was like still light years away from actually coming out of my shell, but because I, I yeah. reread it. I read it two years ago, and the first time I read it was, like, five or six years ago. But when I, but when I reread it, I was, like, I'm not going to say I've, like, come so far since this, but I was, like, oh, I, okay, I can, like, remember how I was the first time I read it and how, like, I'm, I was a bit more grown up and different the second time I read it. So you can kind of, like, it's one of those books for introverts, I think, where you can kind of, like, track your growth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree? I agree, yeah, because if, whenever I... Listen, it's one of those books that I go back to when I need, like, comfort sometimes. Yeah. Because it still gives me a really warm feeling. I still laugh. I still feel for her. But I, I, I still like, like, the conclusion that you come to with her. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think, like, it's just really good writing, too. It's simple, but it's very good. Yeah, it's very uh, well written. Yeah, exactly. Um, Should we talk about, you know, the uh, spinoff series that Fangirl inspired, to which you have mixed feelings I have very mixed feelings about it. So Rainbow Rao then wrote a series about the fan fiction characters in <laughs> Fangirl. So <laughs> it's really, no, listen, when I first heard of it, it was really intriguing to me. I'm like, oh, well, how is she going to make, because throughout Fangirl, you hear, you hear, you read snippets of Kat's fan fiction. So you're kind of like invested in the characters a little bit. <laughs> um mm-hmm. So then she now, Rainbow Rowell now has a series about, I guess, like the fan fiction itself. So she's made a series about Simon and Baz as gay characters. Yeah. And so Carry On is the first one. And I remember being really, really frustrated because um, she drops us into this world with the like assumption that we know what the fuck she's talking about when she's talking yeah. about the numpty. And, like, the humdrum. And I'm like, who are these fucking people? Like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And, like, I don't know. It was just very slow moving because you always got the sense that there's just so much that came before this. It's like as if you picked up Harry Potter in the sixth book. Yeah. And they're talking about about Voldemort and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. It's true. What is this, the champagne? Like, what, like, you know? (laughs) I think, I mean, I did not, like carry on I, I know you didn't you did not like it either you just kind of like was frustrated I was, by it, was it. More, yeah I was more frustrated with the fact that like this there was the whole world that I was missing yeah yeah um but you know the character development was there for me but I just wish I had more context exactly I, I don't think it was like yeah it, it wasn't like con it wasn't like development or like you know actually good prose was missing it was just like context like give me give me information that, I, that I'm missing, you know? Yeah. And then I think the same thing with the second one. Like, I definitely, like, listen, I had a little bit more context than with the first one, but it just didn't go anywhere, the second one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the second one. I mean, I, I, I didn't not, I didn't, like, hate it, but it just, it was a bit, it was a bit flat for me. Yeah. No, I agree. The second one is called... Um, that being said, I'm probably... 
yeah, Wayward Son. I'm probably still gonna read the third one. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, probably but I don't, me too. We'll see, we'll see how I feel. <laughs> Like I kind of just I kind of just ended up like flipping through the second one. Like I read I I honestly read like the first maybe 150 pages and then the last part I'm like, okay, nothing is happening. Like, can we just move it along? Like, do you ever do that? Just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna yeah, skim yeah. a little bit. I do that all the time. Don't worry. Yeah, because like I mean, again, really really well written, but I found maybe because maybe because I read Fangirl and Carry On back to back. Like the, the first time I read okay. Carry On, the first time I read Fangirl was right around the time that Carry On came out, so I read them back to back. So maybe because I was like still in the Fangirl world, I enjoyed Carry On more. But then having mm-hmm. like gone back to Wayward Son, like what four and a half years later, it was just not. It, I was kind of seeing what you were telling me all that time of like there's no con like there's no context. It's just this weird fan fiction role that we're supposed to comprehend on our own yeah i don't know it was it just wasn't executed nicely (laughs) no but rainbow we still love you we still love you rainbow come on please write please write Um, some other kind of adult contemporary novel that we can consume listen when i have you read her adult novels yes i've read i think i think we we both read all of them i think i read attachments which we both love i love the attachments and I've read land. I've read landline. And I also that's... love landline. I think it was those were her only two adult books, right? Am I yeah. missing another one? Yeah. Yeah. No, that those were those were it. <laughs> so I feel like she, I feel like um, she's due for a third. I, yeah, come on, Rainbow. <laughs> All right, I have a another weird question, okay. but weird in a good way because I wasn't expecting it and I'm living for it. Ready? Yes. Lane and Zach or Lane and Dave? Oh, that's right? that was second. I wasn't expecting that either. Excuse you, sir. We have not yet gotten into that. It Should doesn't we matter. That we're gonna answer. No, <laughs> we're gonna answer. Should we save that for season three? No, we're gonna answer it. Okay. Um that's very difficult because I was a few months ago I was watching season four of Gilmore Girls just randomly and mm-hmm. I was thinking to my I was thinking to myself, um, like once we get to discussing seasons three and four, like can we please discuss, you know, the problematic the problematic, you know, area surrounding Zach and his toxic masculinity. Yeah. Which I think was I think was like not as which is like not as severe to like a two thousands audience, but now that like almost what fifteen twenty years has passed, it's like his his toxic mas- masculine attitude is a bit dated. I think. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, not not that that's a reason to not like the character, but I think like in the like season three and four, he's a bit too preoccupied with well, that's not rock and roll, and well, we can't do that. That's not rock and roll. It's like mm. like getting chicks. Yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah. Um, so are you that, saying Dave? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't an answer to the question. Um, I think I'd have to choose Lane and Zach, though, because I do like them later on, like season six and seven. Okay. Um, and like when 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 Lane and Zach actually do start dating, that is a bit of a of a nice storyline, in my opinion. I'm not. I mean, I, I didn't not like Lane and Dave, but it just felt very uh, like the ending was very abrupt because what's his face left to go star on the OC 
What's his name? I don't know the actor's name. What's his name? Adam Brody. Okay, that I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that in a million guesses. Uh, I am also uh, Lane and Zach. Um, yeah. When we yeah. <laughs> when we um, like unpack the relationship, I have more to say. Um, I, I I agree with you that I feel like Lane and Dave was a little bit rushed. Um, because yeah, Adam Brody left. I feel like they they had potential. Um, I but also not, get annoyed. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not sure if. Like, I'm not sure if Lane and Dave would have had the same, like, I don't know, chemistry, like, would have the same, like, chemistry in the, in the long term. Like, I, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because we didn't get, we didn't get the opportunity to see where they were, where they went, would have ended up after that. But, like, to me, like, they were kind of a bit random. Like, the whole, like, I don't see Dave as, like, the rock band kind of person. Okay. Like I don't like I maybe 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 because in my head like Lane's band is you know uh, Zach Gill and Brian and not Dave because he was only there well, briefly. Yeah. yeah, we saw them more as the foursome than as all of them like with Dave. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, like Dave is is just a blip. So I'm not sure if like I'm not sure how they would have how it would have worked out if um, uh, Adam Brody is his name. <laughs> I'm I want, I'm not sure how it would have worked out if he had stayed. Uh, longer yeah um yeah so I have problems with Lane and Zach as well with their chemistry but I still think um I would pick them over Dave yes um this person wants to know how many listener listeners we usually have and since I am the statistics master (laughs) um yeah we usually get between 250 and 300 an episode that's pretty good I would say but I mean, we've said I'm not, it sorry, go ahead. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure what other podcasts get. Like, if you're like a really big podcast with a hundred thousand followers, I'm sure it's more than that. But like, absolutely. I'm kind of like I'm still kind of new to the podcast world, so I would I don't really know what's good and what like I don't really have any basis for comparison. So to I me, that we, we also don't pay attention is because we're not doing it for like money or fame or shit like that you know what I mean no purely for fun like we've yeah we've said it before we're just doing this for fun so like for me of course it's exciting to look and see like how many hits we've gotten and how like I love looking at how many different countries our listeners come from because I think that's just really interesting because it also shows like the reach that Gilmore Girls has um but yeah I don't like harp too much on like how many hits we get a week because it's more for us. It's more for fun. It's for you guys. I don't really care. And I think, like in the, I think in the end, like podcasts kind of build audiences as time goes on. You know, like someone discovers it and listens to all of it at once or something. You know, like kind of like a Netflix show. Yeah, exactly. I've binged podca- podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and and, we, and we're still getting messages from people saying they just found our podcast and it started from the beginning. So I feel like yeah. I feel like the long I feel like the longer you are, you've been around, and the more episodes you have, that kind of gives you more of an opportunity to find more more listeners yeah for sure yeah um okay this person says tristan should have been a love interest or potential boyfriend or stayed more in the series do you agree or disagree disagree (laughs) sir ma'am 
<laughs> okay, I, I'm, sir, it's just my blanket. Yeah, <laughs> I know. For everybody. Um, no, and I think everybody can kind of guess why I'm saying no because if he had stayed, there probably wouldn't wouldn't have been a Jess. So okay. no, Jess, the equation. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. What do you think? Not everything comes to Jess, Jeffrey. Okay, what do you think? Give me your thoughts, and then I'll respond. Okay, so I've said it before. I remember when I was younger and watching this the first time around, I really wanted something to happen between Rory and Tristan. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like when he wasn't around his friends, he was actually not that bad. Um, Rewatching it now for the purposes of the podcast, and now that I'm older and know more about, like, assholes and feminism, (laughs) um, like, go away. Yeah. like, he wasn't that great. I don't understand. I think that the, the, the problem was that, like, they gave us this one moment where he was very vulnerable. Yeah. And then, like, the rest of the time, he was just an asshole. And, yeah. like, he was, like, pursuing her and she didn't want it. So, like, stop! Yeah, exactly. Like, the only, the only like, vul- like real vulnerable moment we got from him was, like, in his last scene on the show. Mm-hmm. So, it's... And I think yeah. that's kind of that was probably the point where it was like, Oh, what, what could have been. And then they kind of, that's kind of what inspires people to say that he should have stayed longer, but I don't think he yeah. should have. I think that's just good television writing and that's how you write off a character. All right. <laughs> um, besides Jess, do you also like Rory with Logan? Okay. Uh, loaded question, uh, sir or ma'am. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that one because uh, I have a lot of feelings. So you start. Yeah. So my thing with like Rory's boyfriends, Rory's ships, whatever the fuck you want to call them. um, We uh, we've said this before. um, Don't like Dean. um, And we'll get into a post that we did on Instagram in a couple of minutes, whatever. Um, I like her with Jess and I like her with Logan. Are both guys problematic? Absolutely. Are both do both have potential? Absolutely. Do I think it makes more sense for Rory to be with Logan? Yes. But that doesn't mean I don't like her with Jess and it doesn't mean like I'm indifferent to her with Logan. It just it doesn't mean like I'm on a team, you know what I mean? I I seesaw back and forth between both. Um, okay. If that that's that's the card you want to play now, okay. Um, um gonna, can you please when I play it on another card? I'm gonna have to call bullshit on that one, ma'am, because <laughs> when excuse me for a second, when we first started discussing Gilmore Girls over text messages, a thousand and yeah. a, and a billion text messages. Every single time that I would criticize Logan or point out something extremely valid and true, you would always come to Logan's defense. Like, always. Yeah, because, look, here's the thing. Maybe we're jumping ahead, and I don't know if we, we should do this. We are jumping very ahead. It doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> I don't like when people, like, say... My, my number one thing that I don't like when people say about Logan is that he was a bad influence on her. Oh, I never because said that. I don't think... 
No, but I, I, think, I, I think that's where my defensiveness comes from a little bit because that's the number one criticism people give Logan. So that's what yeah. I'm always defending him on for. So I can I defend him on that, that all day because I don't think it's true. I can 100% also, like, like we have two different ind- like independent positions where Dean and Jess come in. I can also think one thing about Logan but think something else about him. And I 100% think he's an ass sometimes. And there are certain episodes that I watch and I'm like, bitch, kick him to the curb. Yeah. But there are others where like, because I don't agree with this whole thing that he brought up the be- uh, brought out the worst in her. I actually think it's the opposite. I think he brought out so much more in her than the other two did. Yeah. But we can get into that later. Go ahead. What yeah. do you think? <laughs> I think the last time we did discuss Rory, Rory and Logan, I think the one point we could agree on was that... Um, it was a much it was much more of an adult relationship in comparison to her others, so that's why we kind of yes. we kind of we kind of hold it to a different standard. Yes, and I At think the same time, but I think that's also why I see them more together, like end game kind of, you know, because their other two relationships were very like high school, very like young adults, and didn't yeah. like Jess and her just dated in high school. You know what I mean? Like there was never anything else. So I think mm-hmm. it's also because I have a harder time picturing them together as adults. Yeah. I think the... Okay. What The original <laughs> question was, <laughs> how do we feel about about Rory and Logan, right? Well, the ori- original question is, besides Jess, so this person is acknowledging that Rory and Jess are good together, do you also like Rory with Logan? Okay. Um, there are pockets of time where I kind of like Rory and Logan and I agree that he brings out a more grown-up mature side in her however there are also times where Logan is just an absolute dick and I cannot yeah. I just I just cannot stomach it and like Rory just falls for everything and like chases after him and he's being such a prick and I'm like can you stop you know no I don't disagree okay <laughs> but my I think my central issue with Logan is that not not that he brought out this you know rebellious side in her? I think that I think that would have come out regardless because of yeah. just her personality and her upbringing. However, I'm going to say that the I think the issue that I have with Logan is that, or I'm not gonna say the issue, but like the thing I don't really like about Logan, other than the fact that he's a dick sometimes, is that he's kind of on Richard and Emily's side. Not in terms of like agreeing with them or take like their side in terms of like an argument. He's on their side in terms of like wealth and like um I don't know like wealth oh, and upbringing mean, like, I guess. Cut from the same cloth, kind of. In yes, terms cut, of yeah, exactly, exactly. Cut okay. from the same cloth, and I think that regardless of what happens in Roy and Logan's relationship, that's always going to be true, and that's always going to be that's always going to stand in the way of yeah. Lorelai and Rory's relationship because even though they they kind of make nice in the end Logan is always going to be a rich Ivy League boy so yeah like and there's no escaping that for Lorelai and that to me like believe me when we get to season six I'm not I'm gonna have to like take a lot of deep breaths because this just angers me so much and I have so many thoughts and feelings but when I think about it now I think the issue I have with Rory and Logan is the fact that he comes from a rich family, which puts him in the same caliber as, as Richard and Emily, and that strikes a chord with Lorelai, and it causes 
all this drama. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. The only thing I'll say about that um, is that, like, it's not his fault. <laughs> Obviously um, not, but... What I'm saying is, like, he is who he is. He was raised who he was raised, and Rory loves him. But, like, you know, Lorelai is not one to talk because she dated Jason, and she had a really good relationship with Jason, and he's an Ivy League, like, rich guy. And, like, oh, yeah. sorry, but Christopher was the epitome of, like, spoiled rich brat, especially when he got his uncle's inheritance when he died. Right. So, like, fuck Lorelai a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could always agree on that. Like, Lorelai is, is, is a hypocrite. <laughs> Lorelai is an immature brat. Like, obviously, any claim you want to make about Lorelai, chances are I'll agree with you. It's just, if, if we're gonna, if we're going to discuss Logan as a character, like, there are just certain things that, like, he was written, he was written the way he was written for a certain, like, for a purpose. And I feel like, yeah. and I feel like that's, the sign of or the mark of like a good character where it's like he can get under your skin in so many different ways because like like I said he's he's cut from the same cloth as Richard and Emily but he also likes Rory but Rory has also kind of been waging this war between her grandparents world and her mother's world her entire life and so like I think like Logan just represents this pawn in the middle of the two and that's why I don't like him because he's kind of just like in the way of this family well, I, I drama. Get I get it. Even though he, but he, he's also kind of the catalyst for this drama. So, like, you can't, like, without him, it probably wouldn't have happened the same way. So, I can't outright hate him. He just bothers me. Let, let's just okay, put it that I way. Understand. He just bothers me. I get it. It's okay. Yes. Okay, so, so last two questions. In conclusion, but also... Um, I have a lot of feelings about Logan. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll get to them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, last two questions. Okay. What is the best ship in Gilmore Girls? Um, excuse me, that's pretty obvious, is it not? I don't know. What is this? It's obviously Rory and Jess. Okay, I don't agree. I'm angry. Okay, let's find your favorite. Uh, it's Lorelai and Luke. Eh, okay, sure. Oh, my, let's move on. <laughs> Last question. What's your favorite Gilmore Girls episode ever? Ever. Um, that's a hard one. You go first. I like, um, Friday Night's All Right Fighting. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Um, I just like the different scenes, how they were shot, all the different arguments mixed with laughter, mixed with like fighting. Like I just loved the whole thing. Yeah, and like that's that that's the one where they kind of like everything, like all of the all of the drama was kind of resolved. You know, like they they just sat in a room and they kind of just had it out, and then it was like, okay, see you next week, and it was kind of back to normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really difficult question. I'm going to have to go with the best episode. It's hard cuz there's so many good ones. Honestly, the the like the one that sta- the one that stands out to me the most is now, See, now I'm thinking of five other ones that I like. Oh, this is this is a very difficult question. <laughs> I'm going to go with You're Why probably going to disagree. I'm going to go with in season three, 
and um i think i remember the title you know i'm really bad with episode titles um the one with the party and jess uh not graduating and not all that oh face and yes the face off just because like you know because there was that just lost one of the matchups right yeah i know um (laughs) just like because for what not three seasons but like two and a half seasons we've had all this intense love tri- love triangle drama between Dean Jess and and Rory and like I feel like it just it just, it just all came to a head in that in that one episode and so to me that one always stands out like when it, like whenever I'm rewatching I'm like oh this is this is like when shit goes down yeah so that's what stands out to me but if you give me more time I could probably come up with a better answer but we don't have more time oh, so it. okay so- <laughs> Um, okay, so I think the last thing we wanted to talk about was what the fuck has been going on on Instagram lately. Ah, yes. And by that I mean, um, we are being attacked. You brought it on yourself. I didn't bring it on myself. Shut up. I would say Um, so. Okay, shush your face. Um... I don't know. It's okay. So we context. Uh, don't be a rainbow row. Um, <laughs> I posted an article that says um, like Dean was the worst character ever, and here's why. It was seven times Dean from Gilmore Girls was the actual worst. Yeah, yeah. seven times Dean from Gilmore Girls was the actual worst, and then the like. Like little blurb underneath was Rory's first boyfriend is an emotionally controlling nice guy in quotes. Yeah. Um. Why are you so salty, Team Dean? I think we've run like we we run into this same conundrum so many different times. And yeah, but I really want to back a little bit because like I don't think any other ship gets as much like hate from Team Dean. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you say Team Jess or you're Team Logan, everyone's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then when you say, <laughs> when you, say like, you hate Dean, they're like, what? <laughs> like it's a true. Like a team literally comes out of their body. <laughs> no, no, it's what true. Because we were talking about this a few days ago. Um, where, like, it's like, like you were saying how... If you say, oh, well, Jess was problematic, too, or, like, Jess Jess was terrible and blah, 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 it's, like, chances are we can probably agree with you because, like, no character is perfect. But, like, you do have a point when you're saying that anytime you you point out Dean's flaws, they're like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? He was the best. I'm definitely unfollowing you. Like, okay. But we literally got that comment. I know. Let me see. Let's like, use, we got? Yeah. Can I read the comment? Yes, please. You are so wrong in so many ways. Dean was the only good guy she dated. Jess and Logan treated her horribly. Definitely unfollowing. <laughs> like, really? Okay. Have a nice day. Okay, like, cool. <laughs> Bye. It's funny, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's weird because like 
if like again we, we don't troll other people's pages looking for just hate but i'm sure it's out there and even if we found it we wouldn't take time out of our lives to comment saying you are so wrong blah blah, blah. also um excuse me whatever your name is who commented that i'm not i won't say it but excuse you um we didn't write this article <laughs> we literally just posted a screenshot and a link we didn't write this it's from four years ago also like I love how we posted an article about Dean, and this is one of the comments that we got. I don't understand why people think Jess was the best. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear by our page that, like, we like Jess. That's probably what no, but, but listen, but listen. I can hate Dean and also not like Jess. Like, yeah. Just because I don't like Dean, and this is what I posted on our story after that, because I was getting so fucking frustrated with people just telling me, you know, like, Jess is not an angel either. Like, <laughs> I can hate Dean and also hate Jess. Yeah. It doesn't mean that just because I hate Dean, I also love Jess. No, I, I feel like... Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I think the issue here is that, like, the, the fandom is so used to pitting Dean against Jess. So it's like, if you automatically see Dean hate, you're like, well, Jess wasn't great either. It's like the implied impl- like the implied assumption that no, I if, you don't, if you don't like Jess... It. Yeah, they do. There's like there, there's there's an implied assumption that if you don't like Dean, you obviously like Jess or vice versa, which isn't necessarily true because I know, the, I know there are a lot of Logan fans, none come to mind, but I know there are a lot of Logan <laughs> fans who... Like, he, who put him above both of them. And it's like, they don't like Dean or Jess. They like Logan. Or there's Lenny, who likes Jess and Logan, but not Dean. And there's me, who likes Jess. Sometimes likes Logan, never liked Dean. Actually, I'd, not true. I liked Dean a little bit in the beginning, but not really. So I, I don't think there's any right combination. But people do assume that because you like Jess, you automatically don't like Dean. Which I don't think is always true. But, like, you know, then I posted an article about, like, five times Jess was the worst. And we didn't get not one comment from Jess fans being like, oh, unfollow. Like, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's true. Dean like, fans are extremely salty. Dean fans? I think it's, like, I think it's some kind of, like, fandom defense mechanism where it's, like, you're so used to people pointing out the flaws in something that in something that you personally love or enjoy. And so like you just get defensive all the time and it's like you're done arguing. So um, you just all of a sudden just start throwing around like I'm unfollowing bullshit. It's like, okay, um, why don't we like we can never we can never actually get to the root of why you like him or why we don't like him because you're always getting upset, you know? Oh, he's not real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, he's real to us in this podcast world, so. Yeah, but he's not real in real life. Like, he's not, like, looking for these comments and being like, oh, my God, I have fans. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's true. We, we, well, we have to say, it, despite everything said here on any episode, these people are not real. Yes. <laughs> Jess is not real either. Yes. Can I can I share one comment from that post that I did like and thought was valid? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, so one person wrote, Dean wasn't a monster. 
but he did behave incredibly manipulatively towards the women in his life. I think his presence was there to illustrate the lack of maturity both Rory and Lorelai had in regards to relationships. They both had a fear of being totally honest about who they were who they were with with their with their significant others, and it did invite emotional manipulation that bordered on abuse. Yes, valid. Yeah, so I think I mean I don't want to put to like the the reasons that Dean sucks onto Rory. I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's what that comment is doing. No. But like in terms of the whole teenage girl puppy love thing, like Dean was just the first boyfriend. Like there's. I and obviously he goes much deeper than that later on in seasons four and five, but like the canon itself just always has to force meaning and where it doesn't necessarily belong. So like maybe if Dean had just disappeared and hadn't come back later or whatever, just like maybe it would have been a little bit easier, but still no, still a no for me. Yeah. It's a no for me, too. You know that already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, should we also discuss an earlier Instagram post asking people to vote on which of Lorelai's boyfriends sh- should should she have ended up with, if not with Luke? Yes. Because we got um, 168 so I, comments. Yeah. And the majority of them were between Christopher and Max. Honestly, I'd have to pick Jason. Um, I pick Jason. And, like, I know Jason was just kind of, like, um, just, like, not, I won't say a fling, but, like, Jason was just, like, a relationship. It wasn't kind of, like, endgame in, in any way. But I don't know. I kind of, I just liked Lorelai and Jason's dynamic. I like their dynamic, too. I like the fact that, like, because everyone always talks about how comfortable Lorelai and Christopher were together because they knew each other in childhood. But Mm -hmm. that's also true. People forget with Jason and Lorelai. They went to camp together. Their parents knew each other. They had a very interesting dynamic because they knew each other as kids. Um, And I felt it was more easygoing. Um, It wasn't too serious, like we said. But I loved I love their banter, and I love the fact that they both really cared for each other, but they both had a really hard time showing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I felt like Lorelai met her match. Like, you know, she's, like, really bad at relationships. I felt like yeah. he was equally bad at relationships. Yeah, he was. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not, um, not going to say, like... I'm not going to assume why people chose Christopher because everybody probably has their own reasons. But I think, like you said, the implication is that it's because they grew up together and they know each other so well and they have a child together. and blah. But like, I don't know. I think we've already discussed and talked to death why Christopher is the worst. But like, the I fact guess. that so many... <laughs> the fact that so many people chose Christopher in this in this um, debate is just a little disheartening yeah I think I, like I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think the reason people chose Christopher is because none of the other options were as appealing it was like a Trump Hillary situation <laughs> I think so yeah like they're like, like well Max was boring and Chris and Jason was just like Ugh. So whatever, we'll pick Christopher. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of enthusiastic comments about Christopher. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
just saying, you know, like, I think we can all agree that Luke and Laura are endgame, but like, you know. I think there's also a lot of um, comments about how Max would have been a good husband and treated her well. So, Listen, I, I don't know. I think Laura denies that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, like, he, I think obviously... Max would have made somebody a good husband and treated somebody well. I just don't think that someone was meant to be Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish we had seen where Max had ended up. Like, the last time we see him is in season three, right? When when she runs into him? Yeah. And he's not in the revival, I don't think, is he? No, he's not. So, yeah, I guess it would have been interesting to see where he ended up, but at the same time, I'm not going to say they they did that story to death, but I think it was just kind of, like, implied that Max was not the Gilmore Girls type. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I didn't like the way their story ended in season three, though. Yeah. Um, no. I, I feel like they, they tried for closure, but they missed. <laughs> I don't think... Maybe they were... It's hard to say because we don't know, but maybe they were trying to, like, leave the door open, but, like, the door was closed. Yeah. I don't know. Like, to me, the door was... To me, like, when they, like, when they broke up in season two, like, the door was closed. So I don't know. And, like, he, he worked at Rory's school. Like, I feel like the, it wouldn't have worked if they had gone back there. Yeah, I agree. But as I said, there, have, there are a lot of comments saying how Max would have been... Uh, a good husband. He would have cared for Rory. Like a lot of people saying, they actually really liked Max. It's it's really it's really split between Max and Christopher. I wouldn't like. There's very few who say Jason. Like I, I think I, count, I think I can count on one hand how many people have said Jason. So anyway, I guess we were overruled on that one. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> you're all wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um, but Christopher's <laughs> trash. He is trash. I think that's all we wanted to say. Yes, I think we've gone through all of our social media drama for one episode. Uh, yeah, we did pretty much all the questions. A lot of them were repeats as well. Um, but we should do this again. We should check. Hey, guys. Sorry for the really abrupt ending to the recording. Um, I don't know what happened during the file transfer, but basically I'll give you a summary of what was said. It wasn't much. Um, I suggested we do this again, that we check in with each other again because quarantine can be very lonely and isolating. Jeffrey concurred. Um, We talked about our plans for recording season three. No plans yet um, because of quarantine, but uh, it is coming soon. I can uh, tell you that. And it was just well wishes, hoping you guys are well, staying safe, staying home um, after my rant in the beginning. And that's it. So take care. We'll see you soon. Be safe.